everybody. It's Movie Geeks United, our final episode of 2016. Uh, tonight we're going to be uh, talking about those ridiculous Golden Globe nominations. And so uh, we got nominations from two voting bodies last week. So let's uh, tackle the first one. Uh, let's tackle the SAG Awards first, which okay. in some ways is as stupefying as the Globes. Uh, uh, more. <laughs> and let's talk. Let's talk about uh, just the, the standouts in these categories. Uh, Emily Blunt, never part of the conversation. She's nominated for actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is crazy. That is the craziest nomination. But, you know, before that film screened, that was a possibility. So I mean, after the film, yeah, before it screened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before um, people saw it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. Uh, I guess because she's playing a drunk. I mean, she's a beautiful woman and she's playing a drunk. Is that? I guess that's it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I mean yeah. and it looks like it's 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 unavoidable that uh, Meryl Streep is in the conversation for Florence Foster Jenkins. Oh God, please. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> And I, I, you know, now that I see it, and every now, now that it's happened, I can easily see them, you know, nominating her for for at the Oscars. The Oscars. I mean, you know, it's even even. And if they do that, they're going to have to nominate. If if they do that, they're going to have to nominate Hugh Grant too. So, well, he's nominated here, you know, in a supporting role. So, I mean, for the SAGs, yeah. You know, yeah, but even uh, Meryl Streep is like, quit nominating me for everything I do. I mean, I, I think she's tired of it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 bet, I bet she is. I bet it's got to I mean, be like sort of an, a, 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 an embarrassment. But, you know, a true embarrassment is, I mean, like, in the female actor category, I, we do have Emma Stone and Natalie Portman, who we were expecting, but but no Annette Bening, which is a crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no Isabel Huppert. Um, which I, I I don't know if even Isabel Huppert is part of the SAG. You know, yeah, if, she's, if she's got a SAG card, but uh, <clears throat> but I, I would assume she does. Uh, however, they, they don't really go for foreign picks very often, so I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. But you know, you know what? Adams, I, I think Mer- uh, I, I think Meryl Streep should send uh, Sasheen Littlefeather in her place to attend. <laughs> that would be. Uh... Oh God! Here's another one that that just kills me. Okay, so uh, best actor. Uh, well, we've got Ryan Gosling. You know, a lot of the people that we're expecting, Casey Affleck for Manchester, Denzel Washington for Fences, Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Those are no surprises. Andrew Garfield gets in for Hexall Ridge and not for Silence. So it looks like Silence is going to be left to the wayside during this. this I think it's Oscar. screened too late. I think that's the problem. I think it's for A lot of people, people that... haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, 
And then also, I mean, but even when it comes time to Oscar Oscar time, when people probably will have had a large chance to see it, I bet it won't do that well, really. I think it'll probably get some technical nominations, and that's it. But the real horror is Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, which I watched this weekend, and I consider to be one of the worst movies of the year. Oh, I disagree uh, very strongly. I disagree very strongly with that. I, I he deserves to be there. I mean, really. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm shocked that they even remember it from the summer. But that's a very good movie. I, I hated it. Oh, I loved it. I mean, I really adored that movie. It's so overly sentimental, and and I think it hates those people. I think it's a movie that hates that this type of person, this person that's you know. Uh, you know, trying to give a kind of an extreme liberal education to his, to the kids, and so the movies the movies um, reason to Otra is to try and show him up as a fool. Uh, when a lot of the stuff that he's teaching the kids is actually pretty good stuff. Well, yeah, well, I, the I, I only problem is he's putting them in danger. That's all. He's putting them in uh, danger, but I didn't think it. I didn't think I actually I was I thought it was a very um, I didn't think it made him. I didn't think it was making fun of him. I didn't think that at all. I didn't think it made fun. I, I thought it was a very, it was a very bold movie because you're you're not going to get a movie like that to play in theaters generally. Um, and it remind, if anything, he reminds me of the uh, in the Paul Thoreau novel, and then he made it into a movie with Harrison Ford, um, The Mosquito Coast. He's very much in the vein of Harrison Ford's character in The Mosquito Coast. Can be the only thing I could even think cinematically to even pinpoint it in. Um, but no, I, I thought that's a very unique movie. I actually thought it was one of the, really one of the bright spots. Um, yeah, that's another movie I keep forgetting to mention that um, is just a wonderful film. Absolutely wonderful. I, I, I liked it, was... that it and the compromise at the end. I, I thought was um, very worthwhile. But no, I thought it was a very well made movie. Very well done. Mm. I, don't, I think he certainly deserves to be here. He's probably one of the most unique and interesting actors that we have. So um, and very honest. Well, I will say that he's the best thing about it. Let me put it yeah. that way. I, yeah, I'll, I, say, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that that much. But I, I really, I did not respond to the kids. I didn't think the kids were very good actors, and uh, and just the whole story uh, and, and the and the direction and the uh, the the horrible song score that like is just incessant uh, with uh, irritating stuff. Everything from bagpipes to Horrible uh, electronic music to uh, just uh, and a terrible scene with them singing a song and and uh, 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 yuck I hated it hated I mean, it I mean I mean I was kind of jealous of the movie because I I've tried to figure out how the hell do you make how do you do that how do you make that into a movie because it's, it's it's to me like to me the movie is almost like paradise in one sense. Um, there's just something very liberating in, in, about the movie and the characters, but it's just something I, I, I was really jealous because I've been trying to figure out how do you make that into a movie, and, and they did it, so I was, like, uh, in some ways very jealous while watching it. Um, but no, it's, 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 so it's you, a So you like it because it came, comes from a book that you thought was unfilmable? And no, it doesn't come from a book. No, no, I didn't. No, no, oh. no, no, no. I'm just talking about from how do you do that? No, no, no. This story, the lifestyle they live, that he lived. Oh. This is a man who has but real... You're jeal- but you're jealous of the lifestyle? Is that a lifestyle no, that you would like to I've have? I've never been able to figure out how to do that in a contemporary setting. 
how do you make that, how do you pull that off, that, that environment in a contemporary 21st century, back in my case, late 20th century, but 21st century lifestyle, I was very jealous because the vegan Morrison character was sort of like, at least for me, what we aspire to be, at least me, that poet, warrior, very, I mean, who, who does he remind you of, uh, actually besides Harrison Ford, who does he remind you of cinematically? Well, I mean, to me, he was kind of a monster, but... Uh, yeah, uh, he is. Well, yeah, you know, but who does he remind you of? Uh, Frankenstein? Kurt. <laughs> no, Kurt. <laughs> he, is, he is Colonel Kurtz. That, he's oh. a much more peaceful version of Colonel Kurtz, but he's the imaginative Kurtz could as a... If, Kurtz, if Marlon Brando had not shown up overweight to the set, it was basically the magic of lighting. Um, and, yeah. Know, but he's very much like a suburban... If you would, Colonel Kurtz, um, mm. and and they're, they're, that that's always been to me. Uh, okay, Golden Globe <laughs> nominations. By the way, I think wait, wait, we didn't. I mean, we we are there any other things in the SAG Awards? No, I, mean, I, I guess I, the, I look, uh, uh, everything else is television. I mean, and, and we already know your point of contention with Captain Fantastic, so you don't agree with their Best Ensemble nomination. For that. Yeah. Okay. Can I? Can I, I? I must say though, I'm just looking at. I'm just. This is the first time I've looked at the SAG nominations. I was happy to see them put the crown, give that some love with John Lithgow and Claire Foy. Yeah, Lithgow. Really... Lithgow's getting a lot of love for Winston Churchill in that movie. Yeah. So I, I like show. seeing that. By the way, I think it's amazing how the Mosquito Coast dealt with this theme before social media, like it. It had it had the presence of mind to see that this was a a concern. Uh, Don't you think so? <laughs> yes. Well, Mosquito Coast is a much better film. Yeah, no, it's a much better film. It's a much, but by the way, a, a far superior book. I mean, he's a fascinating character. I mean, Mosquito Coast is like one of my favorite books. But this is a guy who's really just fed up with all of humanity. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, almost, and the way. Would, yeah. 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 Golden Globe nominations. <clears throat> so we're going to discuss, you know, the merits of the nominees and choose what we think will win, what we, and if it differs, what we think should win. What should, what will. Okay. Uh, let's start with Best Original Song. Can't Stop Feeling from Trolls. A Justin Timberlake thing, right? Um, yeah. City of Stars from La La Land, uh, Faith from the movie Sing, song called Gold from the movie Gold, which, by the way, Gold, um, I'd like to see it. It's uh, And it's another, I guess it's another movie that's just gotten lost or it's come out too late or what have you, but it's another kind of performance from Matthew McConaughey where he gained all this weight and shaved his head, and it's another one of those kind of performances that mm-hmm. I think would get attention, but... Um, and finally, uh, how how far I'll go from is it is it Moana? Moana? Yeah, yeah, Moana. That's probably what will win because it's Lin Manuel Miranda, who's the toast of the world now with Hamilton and everything. So that that's probably what what's going to win. Uh, and he comes from uh, I don't know you know I guess City of Stars from La La Land is also a, a major player so I could be wrong on that 
Uh, Can't Stop the Feeling, of course, is Justin Timberlake. So that has that go going for it. Uh, Faith from Sing is uh, co-written by Stevie Wonder. And uh, Gold uh, is co-written by Iggy Pop, of all people. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Mo, with Moana. Well, at least you 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 know that come Oscar time, uh, there'll be some interesting performances of these songs. Uh, I mean, there's there's songs with energy in them that if they get the original performers, it could be you know good performance numbers. For some yeah, I mean, uh, you know. I fully expect the Justin Timberlake and and the La La Land, and I I I don't think that Singing Gold will make make the cut uh, eventually. I I really believe that uh, that uh, that song from Rules Don't Apply, the title song from that, is going to get nominated when it comes time for the Oscars. But um, well, we'll get something. That's good. Yeah, well, I think City of Stars will win. I, okay. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, that's a. I mean, I just think a, a musical and a really good. You know, it should get saw. I mean, that's it's one of its its strengths. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Although they do love Disney, so I. I you know what? I honestly don't know. Um, uh, best original score. Score for Moonlight from Nicholas Bertel. Uh, Justin Hurwitz's score for La La Land. Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson. <laughs> I watch Schwarzenegger to read. I watch Schwarzenegger to read this category. Johan Johansson. I just want to hear him say it. Uh, <laughs> for Arrival, uh, Dustin O'Halloran and uh, Hauschka. Hauschka. For, yeah. For, yeah uh, for Lion, which Lion's getting a lot of love. Um, yes, it is. Hans Zimmer, Pharrell Williams, and Benjamin Walfish for Hidden Figures. This is original score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was announced last week that Johan Johansson, <laughs> I just love saying it, for arrival, he is uh, ineligible. Yeah. And what I mean, there. I guess their reasoning for that was that the was the use of that piece of music at the beginning and the end that that everybody loves, I guess, and has been in a few other movies, and and so I guess there wasn't enough original material for them. But that was kind of a surprise because I thought I thought the movie was packed with uh, original material, and I don't even know that piece of music that. You know, whatever it's called, famous piece of modern classical music that that I don't really, I'm not familiar with. But um, well, with this, uh, I guess it's going to go to La La Land. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, although I am kind of, I'm, I would like to see Jackie on here, but maybe for the Oscars. But um, yeah, I was kind of. Mm. Sad not to see that on here, but yeah. yeah, I mean you got Lion and Lion and Hidden Figures, which are surprising nominations in this category yeah. for me. Uh, and honestly, Moonlight is is a is a head scratcher for me because I cannot remember one piece of music from that. Movie. I didn't know there was. I don't really. I gotta be honest. I don't remember the music at all. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I thought it was. I, if there was music in that, I. It totally escaped me. Uh, I mean, I just, likewise, I mean, it, I thought it was a completely movie, yeah. silent movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I don't I don't remember yeah. any music in the movie. None. I think it'll be La La Land too. I'd like to see Nocturnal Animals nominated because I do think that's a good Herman oh, that, that, Bernard Herman type score. score. Yeah. My favorite scores came from you know sort of obscure movies this year, things like uh, Little Men and uh, and uh, Love and Friendship, and uh, of course Love and Friendship was mostly classical music. So, yeah, but, no, it, was uh, it was a good score. It was a good score though. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, best motion picture, foreign language. Divines or so, okay, divines from France. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. L, L from France. Uh, Yerut, what is that? Neruda, Neruda. Neruda. Okay. Salesman. Oh, that's it. From Iran and France. Man, France is like cleaning up. Yeah, I got and, uh, Tony, Tony Erdman from uh, Germany, which is out of all these the most acclaimed, uh, you know, the one that's ended up on the most top ten list. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, I, you know, I'm just going by, uh, you know, the 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 gloves can be very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with the salesman from uh from Asgar for eighty. Uh I, I I have a feeling that Tony Erdman is as acclaimed as it is, is not gonna connect with a lot of people. Uh a lot of people find the movie because it's three hours long and they find the movie rather irritating. Uh, but, uh, the salesman, uh, is getting a lot of the same kind of, uh, notices that, uh, a separation got, uh, and, uh, if it's anything like a separation, it'll probably be, uh, very dramatic and, and, uh, I, I, I'm just going with that. So. Hmm. This is a tough one because um, I Tony Erdman has the most acclaim, but it, you know you got to figure L. I think L is the, is L the official um, film for the Oscars for France. No, it, it will not. It, it will not be nominated. Yes, they might, they, they might get that here though. Um, then maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly don't. If know. there's an if there's an argument for L winning, I think the best argument is the fact that. It, it won't. It didn't make the short list to to be nominated for an Oscar, and there's outrage over that. Uh, so they might give it to it here. Yeah, that's true. But that L is three hours long. Film. They, they fuck Tony up Erdman one film, three hours. Fuck up, and they fuck up documentary at the Oscars with more oh, regularity yeah. than usual. You know? Yeah. Sorry, I use the f word so much there. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, Okay, best animated motion picture Moana Moana Uh, My Life as a Zucchini That's the story of my penis (laughs) Um, Zootopia And Kubo and the Two Strings Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll go with Zootopia On this one I think that is all of them I think yeah. Zootopia. Although I, I, if I, I mean, if it was just for me, I would give it to Kubo and the Two Strings. But I think Zootopia is the the, the far, far and away the favorite. I am surprised Finding Dory is not on this list. 
that just wasn't that wasn't embraced. No, uh, it was not. Um, it's not a bad movie, by the way, but it just wasn't. It just just I just I but I am kind of I I am stunned, and I, well, seeing even though seeing has not come out yet, you know it's going to be on there. Um, yeah, I mean, I I expect you know for the Oscars, you know they're going to go with uh, Red Turtle over Sing. And uh, but who knows? This my life is a zucchini, which is eligible for the foreign film uh, uh, nomination. It comes from Switzerland, um, so there there could be two nominations for my life is actually. Zucchini. I mean, since since this is since this is the foreign press, uh, wouldn't best foreign film uh, shouldn't American American movies be up for foreign film too? <laughs> <laughs> for, for a lot of the voters, their American movies are foreign films, right? Mm. Or am I wrong? This is true. Anyway, I don't know what the foreign no press is. I mean, I don't know if they're foreign press people or if they're American people who are who are um, or international people who are assigned to the foreign press. I have no idea. Uh, and by the way, neither do many of the nominees. I mean, they even meet these people, uh, and they always comment on how you're an interesting group. Meaning, you know, I don't know who the hell you are. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess Zootopia will uh, will take it. By the way, did you guys watch that Hollywood Reporter roundtable with the animators? And uh, <clears throat> and the animators from most of these films, I think, except for My Life Is a Zucchini. Uh, were represented, and then there was Seth Rogen sitting in the middle of them, and he was like, you know, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> it was, it yeah, was that's, interesting. That's, the sausage party was done. It is, is not part of the, not that I expect to be part of the conversation, but it is completely, like, just left out. I mean... Thank just, God. <laughs> the, but the worst movie of the year. Seth, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen actually contributed a lot to that conversation, and he knew... Um, I mean, he was very, very articulate about what he was trying to do with Sausage Party and the the testing process and, and how he tested various phases of it. And all the animators were like nodding in agreement. That, you know, the lifers in the animation uh, all knew where he was coming from. So he didn't embarrass himself with that with that roundtable. Um, <clears throat> best screenplay, motion picture. Damien Chazelle for La La Land. That's a paper thin screenplay. Tom Ford for Nocturnal Animals. That's odd. That's, that's not going to be uh, in the finals for Oscars. <laughs> Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea. And Taylor Sheridan for Hell or High Water. Taylor Sheridan, who is an ex-actor who hated acting, so he turned to screenwriting. Um... Well, it's going to be between Barry Jenkins and uh, Kenneth Lonergan, but it's probably going to go to Barry Jenkins uh, for Moonlight. Barry Jenkins, yeah. I, you know, I just think it's the zeitgeist. You know, I don't think that it has anything to do with the quality of the screenplay. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's, there's, there. I mean, that's the only thing that I can, you know, can, uh, attribute the entire love of. Uh, Moonlight too is the zeitgeist. It's like, oh, it's black and it's gay, uh, and uh, and and 
we got to show love for those two groups. So uh, think, I think that's what it's all about. I see where Dean is coming from, and he's right. There is going to be this push for Moonlight. Um, especially, God, how do I say this? Because I think in place of Moonlight, that might have very well been Birth of a Nation. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm yeah, just saying. It's it, true. You know, um, and given, I do think people are going to use this film, not so much for the merits of the film, but just to make a statement. And I think that's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Um, so if, really, uh, I, so if Moonlight, if Moonlight doesn't get, if Moonlight doesn't get Oscar nominations, which of course it will, but say it doesn't, will the next year, will they be mounting an Oscar so straight campaign? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's something I never happen. thought I'd but, see in my lifetime. I mean, the only problem is mostly agreed. The Oscars are pretty much the gayest affair every year. Uh, yeah, you know, just, just in terms true. of their pageantry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the only problem so with <laughs> the only problem with a lot of uh, gay themed movies is that a lot of them are really terrible. I mean, and, He's right. and even even gay people will tell you, boy, I wish gay people could make better movies. <laughs> uh, I mean, because they they are just, you know, I'm sorry to say, but like when I've, you know, ninety percent of the time they're just like, ugh, they're awful. But um, but you know, occasionally we get something like Blue is the Warmest Color or something like that, or, or Carol. Uh, yeah, so, lesbians are cool. You know. Yeah, lesbians yeah. are great. I mean, lesbian lesbians are better. Yes, they 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 end up being better movies than. than the, I mean, it's isn't yeah. it also that Barry Jenkins is straight though? <coughs> he, I I don't know what his sexual orientation. No, I is. think he may be straight. Um, so uh, there is, get down to the bottom of that. <laughs> so you just just take that into consideration. I mean, that, that I didn't mean be... that as a double pun. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. <laughs> uh, best director, motion picture: uh, Damien Chazelle, La La Land; Tom Ford, Nocturnal Animals. By the way, I'd really like to see Nocturnal Animals. I still haven't had a chance yet. Oh, it's a, um, oh, it's a good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Mel Gibson, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Barry Jenkins, Moonlight, Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea. Well, it's very telling that uh, writer-director pairings this year, you know? It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the auteurs at work, really. Yes, pretty much all of them, except for Gibson. That picture uh, he of Mel on the website is just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a golden glow. That that's that. There's eyes. That smile. I mean, it's yeah. It, it 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 really does look like he's he's saying, "How you doing, sugar tits?" <laughs> In that photo. Um. Well, you know, this is this is probably going to go to David Chazelle. Let's face it. I still I still think that even though La La Land is being touted now as maybe kind of an underdog, which I think is just part of its scheme to win because no one likes an overdog to win right <laughs> you know throughout this long season so uh they i think they're downplaying their possibilities and uh but uh i still think that he's he's probably you know in the prime spot to win doesn't it look like in that photo i guess you guys are looking on the same page i am i mean kenneth lonergan looks like a writer 
He looks like he's mm-hmm. never smiled a moment in his life. Look at that. Experience. I wouldn't uh-huh. either. I wouldn't either if, if Mar- my M- Margaret was handled the way it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you, th- do you think that Mel Gibson was nominated just because this is the Hollywood Foreign Press, or do you think he really has a shot at making the top five for Oscars? It's a tough call because I think I think he's made like a very tight film and everything, but I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Um, if he made it, that would be incredible. It would be the story of the nominations, to be very honest with you. Um, yeah, it would be. It would be. I think he'll win the Globe. I'm going to go with him in this category. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, best and? performance by an actor. <laughs> oh, you want me to defend that choice? <laughs> well, a, you don't need to. It's, it's, a, it's a valid. I mean, it's a valid choice. It's I mean, the Globes, and they they love the, the Globes stars, and, so. and they and they bring up Mel Gibson every single year, and they love the comeback, and that whole thing. I mean, the Globes awarded. Uh, uh, I can't think of the instances, but uh, the, the the underdogs like. Um, did Mickey Rourke win the Globe, or did or did Sean? Uh, I think he did, actually. Yeah, so he did win. Mm, yeah, yeah so that's one right, example yeah. of how how they how they go with the underdogs because that's a good PR. It's a good story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Oh God, my screen is cracked. So. Okay. Um, Marshala, Marshala Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Light, Jeff Bridges, Color High Water. Uh. Simon Helberg, good God, for Florence Foster Jenkins. Just looking at the who picture of him, I'll punch him in the face. Who did they pay? Uh, who did they pay? How much <laughs> did they pay that they fought on the Hollywood Forum Press to get Florence Foster Jenkins in here? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on. Uh, well, if, it's a, it's a perfect lightweight movie for them. They, I mean, especially since they have they've split it off into comedy and and drama. You know, so we knew that Florence Foster Jenkins was going to get some Globe nominations for sure. I mean, but this is ridiculous, but, though. I mean, but Simon I, Helberg is kind of a surprise in some ways because uh, I mean, a lot of people who saw the movie. <clears throat> commented on him being, and his is really truly the the supporting performance of the movie. You know, uh, a lot of people are trying to put Hugh Grant as the supporting, but he is the co he is the co lead. I mean, he has more screen time than uh, than Meryl Streep has. So, but uh, Simon Helberg, who plays the piano player that uh, that uh, accompanies. Uh, uh, Streep is, uh, you know, was a it was a performance that charmed a lot of people, and and I guess he's okay in it. I, I hated the movie though, but uh, it's not for everybody. Okay, I mean, also, for us, it's also nominated in that category: Dev Patel for Lion, and Aaron Taylor Johnson for Nocturnal Animals. That was I, a surprise. That's the big surprise. I mean, because it's an interesting performance, but uh, has anyone else seen the movie? Okay. I can't talk about it then because it just it just sucks. I mean he's uh, a he's a bad guy in it, right? He's the he's the villain. Yes, 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 but wait, 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 wait yeah, I mean it, it's just it's an it's an interest it's not I mean I'm not against the choice, it's just an interesting choice. I mean 
I, I was surprised well, that I mean most most everybody was surprised that it wasn't uh, Michael Shannon instead of yeah, yeah I mean that's the one you think of um, so but well here it, it's going to be Marshall Ali for Moonlight and he's going to oh. win the Oscar too oh yeah yeah if you, yeah I mean that's the, yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. A supporting actress. Naomi Harris for Moonlight. Cole Kidman for Lion. God, I guess I got to see Lion now. Uh, we got to have to open. I mean, it's... <laughs> um, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures. Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. And Viola Davis for Fences. You know, I saw a clip from Fences. And uh, I mean, I think we're all agreed. Viola Davis, it's hers to lose. Like, yeah. it's pretty locked, locked in. Yeah. But uh, if there's something going on, like, it's a little disturbing seeing the amount of snot uh, that yeah. Viola Davis yeah. produces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna that, say that, man. Yeah. I don't know about that choice. I I really because <laughs> I mean I know I know that it spells pure pure raw emotion stuff like that, but. You have to take into account, you know, it's there in doubt. I mean, it's very pronounced in that crying scene in doubt, and it was astonishing then. And and I understand that, you know, you can't necessarily help how your internal, you know, fluids work when you're actually crying. But, but you know, it feels it feels like too much. It feels like too. I, I don't know how to say it. I feel I sound like an asshole when I say it feels too showy. Because that that's just the way she cries. I mean, it's rivers of snot coming out of her face. <laughs> I haven't even seen I, the movie yet, and I just know I won't be able to keep a straight face when I see it now. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you so it's, much. It's not something that you definitely want to need to see in a in a crying scene. It's, oh, where's the snot? Uh, I I have a problem with that too. <laughs> Because I mean, I know that in my face, even if I was if I was crying a lot, I'd be wiping the snot off. Right. I'd be like, oh, I got to get rid of the snot on my face, so uh, I wouldn't just leave it there for the show. <laughs> so. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she. Th- I'm sure she thinks it's very dramatic, but it's not. <laughs> I, it's just not something I want to see, and I also don't want to see yeah. people pissing and shitting in movies. It's not. Well, that's what they're doing. Kings see? of the Road, Wim Wenders, and shit all the time in that movie. But I mean, <laughs> I agree. Dean, I agree with that. So you know, I hate that where they feel like, especially women going to the bathroom, like talking to someone, and yeah. they're, they're, I hate that. I just do. I, you really, you needed this in the movie, really? <laughs> I'm into yeah. that though. I, I, don't, um, I don't really. Okay. <laughs> Best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Colin Farrell for The Lobster. Ryan Gosling <laughs> for La La Land. Hugh Grant for Force, Florence Foster Jenkins. Jonah Hill for War Dogs. Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool. You know, prior to last week, I'm telling you, prior to last week, I would say, what the hell is Ryan Reynolds doing there? Well, Ryan Reynolds actually has a good shot in this category for the Globes. Well, he is the movie. I mean, it's his movie. I mean, he is that like it's like a movie that relies on him. So I don't have a I don't have a problem with it. 
this is a, this is a this is actually category though. Um, there was an overabundance. I thought you could have nominated, you could have gotten a dual nomination for Ryan Gosling for this and the Nice Guys, and would it have been so bad to throw in Russell Crowe for the Nice Guys? I mean, if we're going this route, I mean, I mean, I, I, and I don't have a problem with even Jonah Hill, but there are so many performances that you could throw into this category. It's a throwaway category because of the Oscars doesn't have this um category. So, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> Okay, uh, I wouldn't. I you know normally I would say La La Land, Ryan Gosling, uh, but I I don't think that his performance is 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 loud and as much as uh, I don't really think it's necessarily his movie. I don't know. You maybe you're right. Maybe Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is the winner here because yeah. uh, here's here's, he, here's he, why I say this because last week yeah. he he was given the annual kind of special achievement. Award at the Critics' Choice. He won this category that he was nominated in at the Critics' Choice. He got his Hollywood Walk of Fame star. And there's mm-hmm. all kinds of stories circulating about how Deadpool was a labor of love and he spent so many years developing it. Right, right. Um, so I think for this category, for this this award show, uh, he he has the best chance of getting it, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not I, a bad I, choice. I, I think uh, I think you're right. I mean, looking at the things, you know, it's not going to be this guy. It's not going to be that guy. You know, they're not going to give it to Colin Farrell or Jonah Hill or or Hugh Grant. So I think you're right. I don't know what Hugh Grant. I really don't know who they paid off for that movie, but they obviously paid off someone. Um, I'm oh just glad God. that they nominated him in the lead category because it is. Well, lead, that's so. true. Yes, no, no, but I know, no, but going back to Ryan Reynolds, I mean, he is the movie. I mean, the movie revolves around his character when he's not in it. I don't know if there's a scene where he's not in it. But no, there isn't. <laughs> yeah, so he needs to be... So, yeah, I, I have no problem with that. I really have no problem with that. Okay. Uh, best performance by an actress on a motion picture. In a, a musical or comedy. Uh, Annette Benning, 20th Century Women. Lily Collins, Rules Don't Apply. Haley Steinfeld, The Edge of Seventeen. Hang on. Uh-huh. Okay. Emma Stone in La La Land. And Meryl Streep in Florence Foster Jenkins. Well, this one is going to go... Uh, unless they decide to do Annette Benning, which would be great. Uh, this one's going to go to Emma Stone. So, yeah. pretty clear, I think. And, yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, if they give it to Meryl Streep for the 50th time... Uh, there there will be part of me that will not be surprised <laughs> because it's the But gloves. it's just such a it's just so, oh god. I mean, you have four. I have to honestly say, even though I haven't seen 20th Century Women, you have four better performances there. I, I'm not sure about Lily Collins, but I mean, I certainly Emma Stone or Haley Steinfeld. I mean, if you're really going to give it to Meryl Streep, that's just saying basically we've given up. We're just you just have to show up basically. <laughs> we give it up. That's what it is. But uh, I have to say, I, I'm happy that Lily Collins got uh, got in for Rules Don't Apply. I think she's quite charming in the movie, and uh, I don't. By think the way, I want to say I want to say something here because and this all ties in together. Because when I uh, posted like a couple of Pacino soundtracks that I own on my Facebook last week, because I, you know, I don't take selfies; I take pictures of the records I own. <laughs> so, there are your you children. Know, I think some, 
<laughs> and they were Godfather and Serpico, and I think somebody was trying to be a smartass, and he was saying, Bobby Deerfield, author, author, you know, all the Pacino bombs. Of right. Uh, and I was like, yeah, dude, I'd love to own all, all three of those. And I try not to. I try not to do this. I try not to vilify or belittle an actor because they're in a movie that is flight or doesn't work. Because just because the movie doesn't work, there's so many moving parts of a movie, so many people that determine the final outcome of that movie. Just because it doesn't work doesn't mean that the actor didn't do their job. And then I was listening to. I mean, by the way, I mean after all, Pacino did not direct Bobby Deerfield. He didn't write it. He didn't direct it. He didn't edit it. He didn't do any of that. So I was listening to an interview with Ron Howard, and he was talking about working with Robert De Niro on Backdraft. And he said, <clears throat> "I learned more from De Niro than anyone, because I was aware that this was not uh, a, a terribly memorable role for De Niro, and I'm sure he was too. But he said De Niro." like requested an extra week to prepare for it. He interviewed three uh, fire arson investigators, mm-hmm. and he said and it was amazing because he took the posture of one investigator, the cadence of another, and he took something else from the third one, and he completed his kind of portrait of that man in that for that character in that movie. And you watch the movie, and you're not aware of that, nor should you be, but he actually did his work in that movie. As an actor, he did what he was supposed to do. Oh, I and think so he I, does that for a lot. I think I think there's a tendency to like, you know, belittle the creative processor or or an actor because they're in a movie that's kind of less than. Uh, but they still put in the the effort, and I just I think it's such a snobby kind of elitist. Like, you know, what movies have you made, dude? I mean, seriously. I just I hate it. It's uh, just so. What reminded you of this though? Meryl Streep. If Meryl Streep oh, okay. wins or if she's nominated, don't hate on her for it. She didn't nominate herself, and she and, she, and yes. this part might have actually been very challenging for Meryl Streep. I mean, Jesus you know, she might have been scared. To, you know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I mean, you know, I'm I'm positive that it was difficult because Meryl Streep can really sing. So the difficulty is comes comes in in doing everything the opposite way uh, for Florence Foster well, Jenkins. And I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that you guys yeah. do that. I'm just saying in general, yeah. the, I, I know that the basic feeling will be to shit all over Meryl Streep if she gets an nomination. Oh yeah, but it, yeah, you know, and I I think we should work against that. Um, yes. It's not a movie I like, and, and by yeah, the way, I'm interested. I'm interested in Florence Foster Jenkins as a person, and so when uh, you know I've read about her before the movie came out, uh, you know, uh, I, long before the movie came out, uh, so and I always thought, oh, this would make an interesting film, but uh, you know, it, it's just for me, you know, the movie, the movie is just too too lightweight for me, but um, yeah, but uh, but but she did a fine job. You know, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama: Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea; Joel Edgerton <clears throat> for Loving; Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge; v- Viggo Mortensen, Viggo, fantastic; and uh, Denzel Washington for Fences. So I will, I will say this, Dean, or I'll ask you this. I uh, mean, this is a SAG and a Golden Globe. So do you think he's I think a serious he's, possibility? He's, he's locked in. 
I think. <laughs> but, yeah. but I think I think it's gonna be Affleck uh I think it's gonna be Affleck, Garfield, Mortensen, Washington and uh and uh Gosling. Uh I think I think Loving's gonna be totally forgotten, I think, this year. So uh, but uh, unfortunately, because it's, it's such a it's a low, very 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 low key movie. Uh, but um, uh, so yeah, I think that those are going to be the nominations. Um, I'm going with Casey Affleck. I'm coming yeah. with him even even with the you know they're trying to drum up the controversy with with you know his past and everything and trying to. Trying to equate it with you know what happened with Nate Parker and, and uh, Birth of a Nation, but uh, I uh, I don't think that's going to stick. So I'm sticking with Casey. Yeah, Casey's the one to go with. I mean, definitely. I mean, he's the one that that's the performance to beat this year. So yeah, this performance by an actress in a drama, I go with Casey Affleck too. Yeah, not, I mean, not definitely. for actress, but for the category we just talked about. Baby uh, <laughs> Adams for Arrival, Jessica Chastain for Miss Sloan. That movie like really came and went, didn't it? Um, well, I mean, it's released this weekend. It released on two thousand screens, and it made uh, it, it made like uh, just a little over two million. So. Uh, it had an wow. $89 I mean, it, it came out, average it, it, on Friday. It, it came out two weeks ago in my little town of Lakeland, Florida, and it disappeared in a week. So I, I yeah. didn't think it – I mean, I we don't get any movies first here, and it came out two mm. weeks ago here. Um, yeah, Isabel, who, Isabel who's there for L. Mm. Um, no, that was the Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan. That was actually a remake <laughs> of the 1940s. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, DOA, the Dennis Quaid, maybe my favorite movie poster of all time. What? It's just some kissing, isn't it? No, 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 no. No, the orig- that's the video. Uh, the original one sheet is like him with his arms spread out on, on the face of a clock. Oh. I love that image. Mm. <laughs> Isabel, okay. Isabel Huppert for L. Ruth Mega for Lovin' and Madley Portman for Jackie. Oh, let's see here. Hmm. I'm going with uh, I'm going with uh, Natalie Portman. I'd go with Natalie Portman too in this. In terms of Oscars, is this who it's going to be, or is? Possibly Jessica Chastain going to be out of the running or what? Oh, she's she's out. Uh, I mean, it's going to be. Oh, I guess Amy Adams is going to make it in. They're just going to forget all about uh, uh, 20th century women. So, uh, which is a real shame. <laughs> they might not, though. They might not. It depends. I mean, we shouldn't. I mean, they could. They could. I'll be very honest. I think Jessica Chastain may get out, and they'll put in Annette Bening. I think so too. Well, I think so too. Well, I mean, Ruth Nedja is not going to make it because they got to get we got to make room for uh, for Emma Stone. So, uh, oh, um, mm. and you know so, who might get? You know who might not be in here? Isabel. 
Isabel yeah. might not make it. I mean, and if that's the case, then we got issues. But um, <laughs> that, he deserves, he's long overdue. I mean, just long overdue. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, they're they're gonna screw it up somehow. But um, I still think yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Natalie Portman. Yeah, me too. Best motion picture, musical, or comedy? Manchester by the... Just kidding. Um, <laughs> 20th Century Woman, Deadpool, Florence Foster Jenkins, La La Land, and Sing Street. Sing yeah. Street. That's a really nice. nice surprise. I mean, that's a good movie, so it's really nice to see that there. Yeah, that's that's a good, that's a very happy surprise, and uh, it should have been nominated for for best song too because yeah. it's got a lot of nice songs in it. Yeah, I mean, uh, but maybe I mean, that'll happen at the Oscars. It. I don't get it. You know, when they have the songs, you have a plethora of movies with good songs in them. What they do pick, I'm just like some kind of just astounded by sometimes. But uh. it's always the animated movies that, that take over that category. But. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, La La Land's going to win this. I mean, no yeah. question about it. So, yeah, I mean, that's a. I think that's a sure thing. Yeah. Best motion picture drama. Uh, Hell or High Water, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, and Hacksaw Ridge. First of all, let me ask you this: Will Hacksaw Ridge get Oscar love in a, in a category of? You know, usually it averages out to about eight nominees for Oscars for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I, I have not so. seen. I have not seen the movie, but it just doesn't really strike me as a uh, as as a thing that's going to be there in the final run. I think it'll get a few nominations, technical, but uh, you know, sound and maybe makeup or something, but. Uh, uh, I I I don't see it, but all the rest of these have a good shot, uh, and I guess Lion, uh, you know, has a has you know has some heat behind it. Um, but really, it's between Manchester and Moonlight, and uh, and again, I'm just gonna go with Moonlight simply because. Yeah. Of what I've already said, you know, it's just, uh, you know, uh, but I do think, you know, Moonlight has been determined to be a, an adapted screenplay for Oscar consideration. So that means that Manchester and Moonlight will not be going up against each other. So there you go. You have your two screenplay winners, right? Right. There. I, I think you're absolutely right. So what is Moonlight adapted from? Is that from a book or just from a short film or? It's from an unproduced play. Okay. Play. All right. A play that was never done uh, on stage. So, um, uh, so, but you know, so there you go. But I think there, I think it, it, as far as this race goes, it's going to be Moonlight. Okay. Okay. I, I, I have no. Let me. Can I ask you guys a question though? No. Is it just? Well, I'm going to ask you anyways. I really don't. I'm gonna, I'm just, I, <laughs> no. Forgive me. I'm just thinking out loud. Absolutely not. When we when we start when movies like Moonlight that most of the country has not seen, um, or and when we start using these movies, the critics and then the Academy, 
or the, or the various um, guilds and everything start nominating these movies and they win. Aren't you just saying you don't want a high, highly rated Oscar telecast? I'm, I'm sorry to be that person, but that's just, I mean, if Moonlight is the front runner, that doesn't equal a lot of numbers come Oscar night. I would think you'd want to go for at least some big titles in there. Moonlight's just not, um, it's not what we would call like a, 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 a far reaching, it, it seems to appeal to a specific group. Now, I'm not, I'm not I just like a very, like, how do I say it? A very coastal movie, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, and and doesn't it run the risk when we start when these on the smaller movies? Not that I obviously love the smaller movies, but don't we just run the risk of alienating main, the mainstream? Um, well, they're already the alienated. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are alienated. You're right. But I, I mean. There's nothing we can do to pull them back in. I mean, like, I, I guess if we consider the mainstream to be the middle of the country, well, we see what the middle of the country thinks of Hollywood by yeah. by uh, the comments boards on Variety and uh, and um, oh, yeah. Hollywood Reporter, I mean, yeah. which are which are by the way are linked into the Drudge Report. Yeah. So, I mean, right there, so you're already getting pe- the cream of the crop. I mean, <laughs> people, people who love the Drudge Report, which is the you know heavily right wing uh, side of the of the aisle or whatever, uh, go to these sites simply to like shit on Hollywood just in general. They yeah, just hate I it. mean, oh, and yeah. so there's there's no way we can bring them back in unless we feed them a steady diet of uh, war movies. Like just nothing but war movies. Like we have to go back to like 1940s era production of war movies. By the way, for for people who for people that love to poo poo on Hollywood and uh, I guess essentially the you know the Trump voter, um, <laughs> and and they and they believe believe in fair trade and 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 uh, and our trade benefiting our country. Uh, movies are. Just about the most profitable export there is, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And Hollywood, Hollywood is like this thing that I think people group all these all, all these people into. But Hollywood is actually kind of a small community uh, as an entity of its own. But really, movies are made by tens of thousands of craftspeople that work all across the country and all around the world. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, you're, you're, you'd, I don't think people know what they're talking about when they criticize Hollywood. See, they think of they think of Hollywood as just being about the actors. See, they just think they uh, the middle of the country thinks that Hollywood is just nothing but a bunch of actors who are sitting around taking drugs and fucking each other. And yeah. uh, that's that's re- and then on their off time between doing that, they do a little work, but it's real easy work, and you don't anybody could do it. And uh, also, uh, they open their mouths too much about political things because they, they really don't have any business talking about political stuff, even though they're they're uh, citizens and, and and people ask them these questions, and what are they going to do? Not answer them. So, uh, like, uh, so, so that's the way they look at it. They don't think about the fact that Hollywood is filled with a lot of uh, craftspeople and artisans who are like 
doing the kinds of jobs that like uh, electricians and plumbers do on a regular basis throughout right. the entire U.S. They don't think about those people because they they're not thinking about it as an industry with a lot of different things. They're not thinking about also the executives that are really kind of probably politically aligned with them, you know, mm-hmm. uh you know, uh more often than not yeah. because they're money men. Uh uh so uh, they're not thinking about any of that stuff. All they think about is the actors because they think that the actors make – they're not even thinking about writers and stuff because they think the actors make up the lines that they say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're right on all accounts. I mean, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're not thinking about it at all. They're just – they're angry because they get paid a lot of money for doing something very simple, and then they have the temerity to open up their mouth about things that they don't really yeah. know about and have no business talking about, and that's what makes them angry. <laughs> no, no, no. I I agree. I mean, it's, it's 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 and it's not a new thing. And I always like they always say that the liberal thing. Remember, the most the ultimate showbiz presidency is Ronald Reagan. Let's not right. forget that. I mean, that's really the epitome of um, Hollywood. In, in, as far as yeah, politics and, 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 what, and what Ronald so- Reagan what Ronald Reagan said to Warren Beatty, he said that you know I'm surprised that uh, that every president has hasn't been an actor. Because uh, that's yeah. essentially what we do. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, they don't have any problem with you know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or <laughs> Sonny Bono. Well, they do because he wasn't he wasn't born here. Uh, I mean, uh, California didn't have a problem voting for him, uh, right? Even though they had problems with his tenure as a governor, but. Mm. Um, well, hey, to tell you to get, to give you an idea of, you know how how important interna- international uh, film market is nowadays. I mean, Rogue One made two hundred ninety million dollars worldwide. It has not yet opened in China, and I think the reason why it hasn't opened in China is because China's biggest budgeted movie just opened, starring Matt Damon. So, Matt Damon, yeah, the Great Ameri- Wall. Yeah, an American actor. Starring in a massive Chinese production, mm-hmm. uh, China is like a, a, a major player, uh, and has it overtaken the U.S. yet as a single territory? Or it may well one day do that. Uh, pretty I, soon. It's I close. Think. It's close. But well, let me say something yeah, about okay. Star Wars. You need to know something else. Star Wars is not the Force Awakens. Well, did well in China by our standards did not do well by their standards. And the reason is is because I don't think it was, I think it was the first movie to be widely released there. They never had Star Wars in theaters I think before. So it wasn't, you know, Star Wars was a very uh, alien, no pun intended um, series to them. Where, the, you know, something like World of Warcraft and the Warcraft movie did better than anywhere else in China because they had known about the game for its whole existence. That did superb. That's why there's a sequel coming. But Star Wars did not play well in China. Um, and there's a reason for that also. Star Wars is a very westernized, Eurasian, if you will, um, Anglo thing. It really doesn't play well in, like, Russia or China, for that matter. They look at it as a very... Are you, are you talking about... I mean, uh, the, I'm just wondering, are you talking about the the actual story 
You're talking about oh, no, just the, the property. The property itself is they, these, the Chinese. You would think in a country of the, that population, that would okay. be gangbusters. But they were not the way we were raised with and the way we've been saturated with Star Wars and in Europe and in Japan. Japan adored Star Wars. But China, because it was, you know, did not take, did not have until I think it was 2005, I think, is when they started letting a lot, a lot more Western movies in. Um, it was to them that was a not a household name. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, 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 think think it, I think it's just a matter of time. I, I, yeah. I think that's going to build now that they have the new series. And there's a, there's a yeah. lot of tenants of Star Wars that I think can resonate. I mean, if you think about the the mysticism, the mysticism and mythology of Star Wars and the Force right. and all of that kind of stuff, I think it could resonate in the Chinese culture once it permeates. It could. It. But, and I mean, could. certainly but now the, now that they have Chinese stars in the movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> the know, thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's a very kind of knowing effort to in that direction. I mean, that's they know what they're doing when they cast Chinese yeah. stars at, at Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look. But look, the reason look. why it didn't open this weekend, I, I, I do think it's because of this big Matt Damon movie. Oh yeah. Mm. Isn't that a hundred million dollar movie? Here's the interesting 66, thing about China: sixty-six million dollars in China this weekend. And it opened this weekend, so it's opening weekend. How much weekend did it make? Wait, wait. How million. much did it make? Sixty-six million dollars. Sixty-six million dollars. Oh shit! Well, uh, here's the interesting about China too, though, is that as much as they're turning out to be an important place for us to open our movies, their movies do not come over here. <laughs> so, and they never will. It doesn't matter how how doesn't matter if they have the biggest monsters, the greatest special effects. It doesn't matter if they've got Matt Damon or anything like that. Nobody here wants to see any Chinese movies ever. Are you sure about that? Um, I'm positive. I mean, <laughs> I'm positive. We have, let me uh, all right, so, name name a Chinese movie that was a hit here. Name it. Well, not, I Crouching Tiger. About. No, 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 not that. No, that's what I'm talking about. So well, that was from this, Hong Kong. Yeah. In this area, <laughs> well, we have. Well, it's the same point, though. I, I mean, you're you're saying you're saying that. I mean, it's not just China. I mean, it's kind of any foreign property. How, how much of a chance does it have of being a huge success in America? None. As opposed None to our, as opposed to our properties that do have a chance of succeeding overseas, and I think it's it, it, it embedded in the culture of America. In that uh, we have no interest in leaving our backyard or knowing yes. about anything but, that's. But yeah. I do want to bring to your attention a phenomenon that you must see in uh, in Atlanta and even Lakeland, or maybe not. We have theaters in this area that will um, will cater to show a lot of Bollywood movies because that's oh, yes. part of the. But then you have then another a couple other theaters that will show some Chinese language movies, like they're really like bottom of the gutter kind of stuff but they do they do play i mean not obviously not a nation but they do get them here so i mean there is that if you go to in this area especially because it's a very um diverse area you do get that you get your bollywood you get your chinese you get your korean i mean there are we do have that area that is a uh in the last five or six years a phenomenon that's um taken off i agree i agree I agree. But what he's saying that it, it's completely unequal. I mean, yeah. the balance between how accepting foreign territories are to U.S. products 
in terms of the film market is much different from how accepting we are of foreign products yeah. here in the U.S. No, 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 of it course. Is done by no, no, no. We will play those movies, okay? Those movies do get played, Bollywood, all that stuff. I mean, I have a, I have a theater that's not too far from me that has three screens devoted to Bollywood movies. Right, Okay. Right. takes over that entire space. But if you go over to that side of the theater, which they're shunted over to the one side of the theater – all you see over there is Indian people. That's oh it. yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there, that. There's not one. If you step into those those theaters, there's not one. There there will not be one uh, non-Indian face in that. Oh no, you're absolutely right. I just want to so, they do I mean, they do play, but not to the they play to the nationality. They don't play to no no no. no, no one. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. No Americans, you know. Americans do not want and, to say, I don't care what it is. <laughs> I don't care what it is. We do not want to see any foreign movies ever. We don't want to read. We again. don't want to read. We don't want to see them. We don't want to read. We don't want to do that. That is not, that is not our idea of a good time. I That's why foreign you. movies... Foreign movies don't do well here anymore. I mean, they it's, it ain't the '60s anymore. The '60s they were they were hits. Have but, you guys uh, um, if you look at your uh, at landmark listings, how landmark is even showing more bigger movies than art house movies lately. Oh yeah, and it's, it's quite a it's quite a huge change. Um, uh, it's really it's very sad actually. But yeah, I mean, landmark. Showing, I mean. Yeah, the landmark that's that's near me is has two screens devoted to has six screens, uh, maybe seven, and uh, uh, has two screens that are devoted to smaller movies, and all the rest of it is Rogue One and yeah. and uh, and Moana. Yep. So, uh, so so they're uh, I won't say that they're abdicating, but uh, abdicating their responsibility, but. Uh, because most of the year, they do give you know. Well, I'm I'm lying. Most of the year, they do the same thing. <laughs> they, they do the same. I mean, definitely in the summertime, they're playing. You know, there'll be two screens, and one will have you know. Uh, uh, I mean, they're doing the same thing. So I yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> it's a sad thing. Okay. It's a sad. It's a sad thing. I mean. Uh, the Blade Runner, Blade Runner Two, the trailer for that should be uh, released uh, during the week online, uh, mm. and they're saying it'll be it'll be attached to whatever the big movie is uh, this coming weekend. Passengers, I think, is what it'll be. Passengers or Assassin's Creed, I would think. I mean, yeah, yeah, Passengers. Yeah, it's a minute and a half long, a minute okay. and thirty three seconds long. Well, we even know the length. <laughs> well, yeah, they got a they got a rate. It comes from the ratings board, so uh, they got to rate trailers, uh, and so and so they give a kind of a rundown of what the trailer is and its time length and everything. Okay, let's talk about the movies that were accepted into the National Film uh, Registry. This is Here always fun. The nineteen sixteen version. Of twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Nineteen eighty two's the Atomic Cafe. Nineteen forty one's Ball of Fire. Uh, Barbara Stanley. Boy, it is. took him a long time to. I mean, that's one of those ones that just like, wow! I can't believe it took him this long to 
include that Howard Hawks movie, but um, 1928's The Bo Brummels, um, 1963's The Birds, got a Hitchcock mm. there. Yeah. Um, 1955's Blackboard Jungle, Breakfast Club, uh, The Decline of Western Civilization. That's a great one. Yeah. 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 Love it. Um, East of Eden, Funny Girl, uh, 1903, Life of an American Fireman. Um, the I don't know that. It's 1903. <laughs> well, no, I'm surprised it's not lost. I'm surprised <laughs> it's still around, which is the purpose of the film registry is to, you know, preserve. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad that they're able to do that. Um, Lost Horizon for 1937. Musketeers of Pig Alley. Uh, Musketeers of Pig Alley from 1912. Mm. Harris is Burning. Uh, John Borman's Point Blank. Oh, cool. Uh, The Princess Bride. Um, So every woman in the country is happy about that. Uh, Putney Swope. From 69. Mm, Rushmore. Um, Wow, that's a a shocker. um, The Solomon Sir Jones films that uh, were produced between 1924 and 1928. Uh, 1928, um, Buster Keaton, uh, Steamboat Bill Jr. That's another one Uh, I'm surprised that it's taking them so long to preserve. A 30-minute documentary from 1982 called Suzanne. Suzanne. Mm. Uh, Thelma and Louise. A Walk in the Sun. Mm. And, That's a uh, war movie, right? Uh, is that... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 1945. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Lots of '80s and '90s hits. <laughs> so I guess, I guess that either shows that we're getting older, or, or yes, they're that's what it shows. Running out of. <laughs> uh, I guess that's what it is. Uh, but uh, that's what it shows because there's a great, there is a great diversity in this list, though. I mean, you go from yeah, 1903 to 1990. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm really happy for for Ball of Fire and uh, Steamboat Bill Jr. and uh, Lost Horizon, Point Blank. Those just feel like movies that should have been right yeah. by now. <laughs> you know, those are just. Uh, I guess I'm happy, you know, that uh, that they're you know including the crowd pleasing movies from the 80s and the 90s, you know. I don't think that they're really great movies, but uh, <laughs> I would probably go with something else. But, uh, like, uh, like with the with the inclusion of the birds, you know, like, I don't know what um, other uh, Hitchcock movies have already been uh, inducted, but 
My guess is that uh, they still haven't inducted things like uh, the wrong man or uh, or uh, shadow of a doubt. I could be wrong, but uh, well, I mean, but the but the goal of this of the film registry, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's not just to reflect the the greatest movies, which could be subjective, but to also preserve the culturally significant work. Yes. And I mean that—that's the reason behind, you know, including something like those uh, those films of the pastor. I think I think it's films of a pastor speaking that those those sir whatever films uh, from the twenties, and then uh, of course the Life of the American Fireman, a movie from nineteen oh three. So uh, that you know, I mean that, that's all that stuff, you know, makes sense. You know, I mean yeah. they've. They've included, you know, in the past, they've included, you know, a short film of a, of a bridge, you know, falling, uh, you know, right. a bridge collapse. Uh, and, uh, and all it is is a film of the bridge collapsing, and that's it. It's like a minute and a half long. But that's in the registry because they wanted to preserve it as a piece of documentary information. Do you remember um, the uh, the title of that documentary that was made about the uh, film registry a couple of years ago? It's worth watching. Uh, those 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 amaz- amazing images yes. or something those like amazing that. Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, amazing, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to know more um, about the film registry, watch that documentary. Okay, before we close tonight, here's our list. Um, it's from Slant Magazine, uh, which. Isn't a magazine, it's online. But let's just say Slant Magazine, just for the sake of everybody. Here's a list of the 20, because it's the year end here, 20 worst film follies of 2016. Wow. Only 20? (laughs) Yeah. They're not not in numbered order, so I'll just read them off. Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. I forgot all about that. I mean... It wasn't too long ago, but uh, yes. August. Which is actually, you know, uh, it's actually, if it were a Lifetime movie, it would be called Ben-Hur, colon, The Chastity Bono Story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Another film on their list. Um, Dean, you'll be pleased with this. Captain Fantastic. Yay! (laughs) Why did they hate it? Did they yeah. say why they hated it? Captain Fantastic is premised on a radical act that we can chuck it all, pack up the family, and move off the grid, but it dutifully trivializes it at every turn. It mm-hmm. makes little attempt to illuminate how and why people might choose to alter their lives so drastically, and basic questions are never really answered. What exactly is Ben's endgame? Does he expect his kids to get married at some point? Instead, the family's exposure to society renders them increasingly absurd to the point that when the, they finally arrive at their mother's funeral, they burst in mid-service wearing garish clothing, with then hopping on the altar to deliver a screed against organized religion. This isn't the behavior of radicals bucking the system. It's the antics of characters contrived to hit the quirky, crowd-pleasing notes that made Little Miss Sunshine a hit with audiences. Yay! That, that's I, I, just, I disagree with comparing it to Little Miss, Little Miss Sunshine, though, but okay. <laughs> 
I thought it was so um, silly when they came in with those Wes Anderson type outfits. You know, it, it, somebody I, I sent I sent the poster out today and said, "Ah, what a piece of shit!" And somebody said, "Oh, it looks intriguing." I said, "Well, you're a Wes Anderson fan, aren't you?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "I said, well, that's why you think it's intriguing because they're trying to make it look like Wes Anderson, but it ain't Wes Anderson." <laughs> No, it isn't Wes Anderson. Uh, a movie, a movie called Creative Control. Did either one of you guys oh. see that? Oh right, no, no, I, I wanted I, to. I wanted to. I, I, you know, I wanted to love it. I was trying. I, I, uh, I saw it earlier this year, <clears throat> and uh, and I found it incredibly hard to love. Uh, I, a very, very difficult movie <laughs> to to get into. It's about like. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, in a way, it's sort of like that upcoming movie, The Circle, where it's uh, it's a it's a new kind of Google Glasses that uh, uh, transforms your life, and uh, this guy uses it to find him a girl, basically. Mm. So, okay. and, and my life story. It's it's shot in black and white, and it's widescreen, and I I really wanted to like it, and I just could not get into it. Okay. A movie called Equals. Oh, I wanted to oh, see that, but I heard it was pretty bad. So that's that piece of shit with uh, Nicholas Holt and, um, and Kristen Stewart. And Kristen Stewart again, another movie that I said nope, get, cutting it off right now because uh, about it really didn't take me long to figure this out, but it was a complete rip off of THX one one three eight, which is you know it's a futuristic society. Everybody's running around like robots. Uh, and here's these two people that decide that they want to they want to fuck, and uh, so and nobody fucks in this society. So uh, so, so that's the story basically. And like oh. they have to escape or something. So it's so it's, it's the same exact about story. Our lives. <laughs> okay. Um, the eyes of my mother. That's mm. on demand right now. I don't yeah. even know what that one is. It's uh, it's a horror film. Uh, it's in black and white. It's getting the kind of praise that Good Night Mommy got last year. Okay. Um, about a, a girl that uh, is... Uh, she witnesses the murder of her mother. And it, uh, t- it uh, kind of... Uh, it kind of makes her... Uh, it kind of makes her demented. And then, okay. you know, she kills her father and she takes a kid hostage and... It's a very uh, – it's not gory. Um, It's very kind of artfully photographed. It's just uh, dull and self-important, lots of silences in it, and not really very effective. There was one moment in it that I thought it was so awful that I actually started to cry, which I don't do in horror movies. But not crying in a good way. Crying the way, crying a way to express. Um, why the hell did you do that? Why the hell would you want to show that? Um, what was it? So it's 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 her killing a mother in front of the mother's infant, uh, mm. and I just it, and it's just terrible to watch. Uh, you know, and so I, many I movies are filled bodies. with just terrible things that are that are there to, uh, you know. People who like these movies, you say, well, why don't why don't you like like normal movies like you know Kramer versus Kramer or something? And uh, I always use Kramer versus Kramer as a as a as a film to reference like a normal movie. 
And they go, I don't like those movies because they push my buttons. They they push sentimental buttons. And I, well, do you realize that your buttons are being pushed by seeing these seeing these terrible things in movies? That I would much rather have thing. my sentimental buttons pushed than my buttons mm-hmm. of wanting to cut somebody in half. I mean, uh, I yeah. don't know why one is a dirty thing and the other isn't. But I will say, yeah. I love a good horror movie, I, I, I and a true horror movie. You know, you, you know what a great fan of Texas Chainsaw I am. That's the kind of horror that really terrifies me, and yet it's an elating kind of terror. As filled with dread as I might be, I'm elated uh-huh. by how effective it is. You know, eyes of my mother is just remember just makes you that, that sick movie. Of life. <laughs> yeah. Remember that that Texas Chainsaw uh, does a lot of its stuff. Uh, uh, Achieves a lot of its horror by not showing you <laughs> the worst yeah. moment. So that's the wonderful thing about it. Okay, continuing the list of film follies, The Girl on the Train. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, I, the whole thing is a folly. I mean, yeah. Oh, oh. Okay, here's what they have to say about the next title. Genre throwbacks are at their worst when emptily imitating their predecessors. Oh, shit. The page reloaded. Where the hell did you go? Anyway. Oh, a pop-up came up. Um, replete with winks and nods. Uh, that inevitably turns to guts and gougings. I don't know what that means. Anyway. Uh, green Room. An idea-free shocker that spends about 15 minutes characterizing the members of a punk band only to quickly turn them into... Sh- Shacking sacks of flesh. <laughs> That's true. Wow, I'll never think of shacking flesh is shacking sacks of flesh in the same way ever again. Um, <laughs> That's true, it, though. That's what that movie does. Makes them in the shack in the flesh. Shacking sacks of flesh. I wouldn't use those words, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm only intrigued by the phrase. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it means. Shacking sacks of I don't even know. Shaking, uh, shaking, I think this. I think this sacks. guy. This dude. This dude overwrites. Say what you want are... about Tarantino's. Say what you want about Tarantino's use of ethnic slurs, but at least he's tackling the matter of race head on and with tenacity. Uh, Salmier. I guess the director wants the aura of provocation without the real mess of making racism into something more than just a premise. Well, I don't know I, if I he, agree he, with that. I don't well, know if I agree I, with that. I would agree because basically uh, they, they used the, uh, it, it's like a bait and switch, you know, in that movie, you know, you think, Oh, well, they're going to go play for white supremacists. And it's going to, there's going to be some discussion of that. Uh, and there is no discussion of it. They could have been anything. They, well, they, they could have been they, anything, but I don't, but, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with, I don't know if I agree a hundred percent. I see where he's coming from. I do have a question for you, Jamie. Isn't slant, Used to be our friends, um, the people that uh-huh. did the summer. What was the site? They, the, they, they, they still do the summer series in coordination with our series. Yeah, no, no, okay. no. I'm just saying, what, what was the site that originally called, though? It wasn't called um, Slam. House Next was, Door. House Next Door, okay. okay. No, I knew it was familiar. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is on this list. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Um. Let me see if I can find a synopsis. It, it once again says that Mel Gibson's uh, 
kind of uh, attempt at uh, defining a hero and blah, blah, blah is really at the service of his ability to produce as much bloodshed as possible. Is that a bad thing? Well, it's disingenuous in this person's mind, and it can be disingenuous. I thought it was. I thought it was authentic. I mean, that was the that yeah. was the comment I made after I saw it. That I thought it came from a genuine place. That yeah. it wasn't only concerned with seeing body parts blowing apart. That that lead character saved it from being so single-minded. Yeah. You know? Well, I I wanted to. You know, it's a very. I, I think it's a much more successful mediation than the one he just acted in. We were soldiers about Vietnam. I thought it was, a, because he directed this, I thought this was a much more successful, because obviously there is a lot of faith um, in that, too. Um, and I thought he actually got across more by directing uh, a war film in this than he did with the Vietnam one. So that's just me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was looking at I was using that as the template, really. Uh, Hillary's America. Oh yeah, go right. Is that that's a Dinesh D- D'Souza movie, right? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, don't get me started on that. That guy thinks he's doing the victory dance still right now. He thinks his film played a part in that. Um, he really yeah. does. He's going to become the head of the National Film Registry. Did you hear that? Oh God. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that I know that they're they're talking, <laughs> they're talking about it. Yeah, Dinesh D'Souza, the Ed Wood of documentary uh, or political documentarians. Oh God! I, I, know that, I know that they're talking about Stallone being the head of the National Endowment of the Arts. Are they really? They're not. Are they? Yeah. yeah. They are. They are. They are. <laughs> Which okay, you can make a lot. You can make very much worse decisions than that. I mean, that's yeah, I, fine. I, um, okay, okay. Uh, Independence Day resurgence. No argument, <laughs> right? Oh God, it's just oh that movie is just oh my. You, you know, you ever wonder how something gets made, and you really thought that someone screened this and said, no, we can't release this. There's no way we can release this. You know, it's so bad. <laughs> And you're watching it, and you're thinking, wow, someone actually sat and screened this for someone at Fox? You, I mean, you're just watching it. You're just like, this is really bad. I mean, it's not just bad. I mean, it's just really god-awful. I mean, you would never know the first one was such a big hit. Um, it's like, it's their next really movie, their next, their next movie, um, the total ineptitude on display here is genuinely stunning. And they say that of the movie Ithaca, which was Meg Ryan's directorial debut. Oh, poor Meg Ryan. Oh, I heard that. I heard that was really bad. Yeah, I mean, yep. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> oh. I really want to be on a Call of Duty here. <laughs> He wa- he watched this though. Okay. Um, King Cobra. You heard of King Cobra? Yes, yes. This is a James Franco um, gay gay porn murder mystery movie. Um, oh, is, I oh, thought yeah, it was a beer. You, you thought it was a oh yeah no that too it might be too but this is, is it like a form of malt liquor King Cobra. There could be. I'm not. I'm not familiar with my malt liquors in 2016. Is this the one Stallone is in? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. This is James Franco. It's on demand right now. Um, I'd, wow, I'd like, like, I'd like Stallone to do a sequel to Cobra and call it King Cobra. I think that would be cool. <laughs> well, it's not going to be called King Cobra now, is it? <laughs> um, I didn't realize this was – I this actually got some decent notices. I guess this guy wasn't buying into it. There's an argument to be made that this is the better movie, um, gay theme movie than Moonlight. There are people making that argument, by the way. Mm. Um, just an okay. FYI. Just an FYI. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can sit through King Cobra, but there's there is an argument being made. I'm not uh, sure I can sit Lazy. through any James Franco directed movies. Oh, did he? I, I know he stars in it. If he directed it, I don't know if he directed it, but um, oh, he stars yeah, in it. He uh, no. I, I I have an interest in his movie about the room, though. I do. I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see if they can manage to make a movie as awful as the room about the room. It could be. Um, <laughs> a movie called uh, Lazy Eye. Uh, I this, I guys barely remember that. The rails. One. I mean, this is. <laughs> I barely finally, remember that. What What was Lazy Eye? Uh, hang on. Well, I can tell you what it is in my life, but uh, <laughs> Lazy Eye, which begins with sex and ends with post-coital guilt, presents us with an implausibly moralistic world where seasoned gay men are naive, clingy, and possibly romantic and completely offended by the concept of unfaithfulness, as well as cigarette smoking. Within the logic of the film, settling into an airtight monogamy, ideally with children, is the ultimate goal for prudish post-9-11 homosexuals for whom sex is inevitably marred with anxiety and guilt, uh, whatever. I'm not going to okay. read the rest of it. It's we see. The guy, I understand what it is. seems to be now. the guy writing to see how clever he can be. Okay. Um, finally, Jackie. Wow. Wow. I, hmm, okay. Reason? Here's what he says about Jackie. Forget post-truth, anti-biopic is the new term that gets our epic side-eye. Pablo Lorraine's alternately ghoulish and regressive Jackie garnered raves for expanding the parameters of the boringly traditional uh, and and most Oscar-wooing of genres, as though literally every single biopic from the last 15 years hasn't also sought methods to keep the genre's many pitfalls at bay. Um, Failing to distinguish itself from all other historical drag reviews of late, Jackie indulges in the hoary strategy of placing an iconic figure from a global event under the microscope in order to give its central actor a chance to flex her muscles against the binds of mimicry. And struggle Natalie Portman does, unbearably for those who recognize this breed of performance as prestige cinema's true uncanny valley. But attractively, god damn, dude, (laughs) this is hard to read. And I'm a good reader. Uh, they say that the score works and only confirms the film status as a luscious department store window display. Uh, Xavier, Xavier Dolan took the opportunity to declare himself artistically intimidated by the film, which makes some sense in light of his Lady Doc protest too much self-identification as a strict top. I, I don't know what the hell they're saying. I think this is the worst list we've ever done. 